Welcome, NCLEX High Yielders. This is Dr. Zishan, and I'm the host of NCLEX High Yield Podcast, where we will be giving out daily content for your exam, tips and tricks that the boards love to ask, and overall general information on how to study, what to study, and complex topics broken down for you. Whether you're a first-time test taker or even a repeat test taker, we have helped people across the globe pass their NCLEX exams, so do not give up and get motivated. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also visit our Instagram at NCLEX High Yield, at NCLEX High Yield, where you can DM us questions so we can answer them on the podcast. Also, check out our website, www.nclexhighyield.com, and subscribe to receive a link to our weekly free Zoom session. Free Zoom session where I drop all types of content, break down complex topics, and make them easy for you to understand every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you guys then. Take care. Let's get into Cardio Farm. Cardio Farm is probably the highest yield farm that you're going to see on your exam. Differentiating the medications is going to be important. The good thing about farm is that the suffix, the latter part of the name of the drug, they stay very consistent. It's easy to identify them for the most part, better than most other drugs. Hypertension is one of the most commonly diagnosed medical conditions. Commonly diagnosed medical condition with a commonly prescribed medication. If it's highly diagnosed, highly prescribed, you better know everything about it. Let's start with beta blockers. What do we need to know about beta blockers? Well, one, identify them. They end in LOL. Carvedilol, atenolol, metoprolol, propanolol. What is its primary action? Well, obviously we want to decrease the blood pressure, but it also decreases the heart rate. What are we concerned about? If a patient has already a low heart rate, then we're going to be concerned about giving them this medication. Or if we give too much of this medication and we see them drop into this bradycardic area, then we're going to be concerned. For the sake of the boards, and in real life, 60 to 100 is normal. But wait a minute, I just gave this person a beta blocker and now they dropped from 70 BPM to 60 BPM. Am I freaking out about that? No, it went from normal to normal. But people on the boards, they they freak out. They're like, that's borderline normal. It's 60 BP. It's still normal. Don't freak out about it. Okay, don't fall for that trick. Bradycardia is going to be under 60 BPM. What else are we worried about with beta blockers? The number one side effect for beta blockers that we're freaking out about, well, it's still one of the eight. It's airway. So first, initial priority, urgent, most concerning report to HCP. If you see a side effect with beta blockers in its bronchoconstriction, it's one of the eight that we're freaking out about. It's airway. Bronchoconstriction is what we're looking for. The boards are not going to give you bronchoconstriction. That would be too easy. Bronchoconstriction, bronchospasm, wheezing, asthmatic type breathing. You see how these are all interchangeable? If you understand that the airway is being compromised or that there's some sort of constriction that causes wheezes, that there's a spasm that causes wheezes, that's the same presentation as asthma so it's asthmatic type breathing we're freaking out about it it's one of the eight airway well guess what type of patients 
This is contraindicated in asthma patients. So if I see a patient that has asthma and somebody's getting ready to give them a beta blocker that ends in a lol, guess what quote-unquote prescription I am going to question from the HCP. You see how I just asked that question? Which one of the following prescriptions would you question from the HCP? The other side effects aren't necessarily too high yield. Okay, one is it can potentially have sexual dysfunction and depression. So for the most part, that's really all you need to know regarding beta blockers. All right, next, let's talk about ACE inhibitors. Identify your ACE inhibitors. What do they end in? P-R-I-L, pril, captopril, enalapril, lisinopril. I don't care, it ends in pril, another easy one to identify. How do I remember what the side effects are for this? Well, I use ACE inhibitor. So A, C, E, I. A for angioedema, C for cough, E for excess potassium or hyperkalemia, I for instead use ARBs, and ARBs end in sartan. We'll get into those real quick. So A, angioedema, C, cough, E, excess potassium, I instead use ARBs. Two of these things are things that we're freaking out about. What is angioedema? If you have not seen what angioedema looks like, look it up, Google it, and you will never forget that picture. True story, I was a third year med student and I was doing my ER rotation. As a third year med student, you're just more of an observer. We're doing clinicals and rotations. You're not necessarily doing much, especially in the ER. You're just probably getting in the way more than anything else, right? I was in my third year ER uh, rotation and there was a, a 46 or a 48 year old African-American male patient that comes in and his whole face was swollen shut, right? Because angioedema presents with what? Swelling of the tongue, swelling of the lips, swelling of the airway, swelling of the eyes. And I'm watching this and they're running a code on him because you can't breathe. But the problem is you can't intubate him. So they were trying to intubate him. They couldn't intubate him when they shut it on a bedside trach. That's how bad it gets. It gets to the point where you can't even intubate this patient because they're so swollen. And the patient ended up passing away. So when I say it's life-threatening, it's one of the eight. One of the eight, it's airway. If a person comes in and they say, hey, I started on lisinopril a couple weeks ago, and I got this like itching of the tongue or the swelling of the lips and tongue or mouth feels a little bit swollen, you're freaking out about it. And what are we going to give instead? ARBs. C for cough. The cough is this Bradykinin cough, a dry cough, a hacking cough, a nighttime cough. It's just more irritating than it is anything else. Patients will complain about it. So what are we going to do instead? Give them ARBs. E, excess potassium. Well, we know that any changes in potassium are one of the eight things that we're freaking out about. So we have to keep an eye on that. However, both 
ARBs, and ACEs can cause excess or hyperkalemia, excess potassium. In this situation with the E, we don't switch them to ARBs because ARBs do the same thing. If you remember the RAAS pathway, the renin, angiotensin, aldosterone system, right? That pathway is what causes that hyperkalemia and both angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors or ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers are going down the same pathway so they can both cause hyperkalemia. So ARBs, Sartan, Losartan, Valsartan, doesn't matter. They're Sartans. So know that these are the drugs we switch them to if ACE inhibitors present with angioedema or cough, but both of them cause excess potassium. Identify the suffix pril and sartan, and also know that both of these drugs are teratogens. Try to keep it as simple as possible is, is what we need to do at farm. Hey guys, Dr. Zishan here. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys could kindly subscribe, leave us some stars, whatever you think it's worth, and leave us a review. We always want to get better for you guys and want to keep putting out this free content for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. See you on the next podcast.